The views expressed in this podcast are solely those of the individuals being interviewed and do not necessarily represent those of the Greater Winter Haven Chamber of Commerce. You're listening to It's Happening in the Haven. I'm your host, Katie Worthington Decker. Each episode, I get the privilege to speak to the amazing people taking Winter Haven and its surrounding Central Florida area to the next level. We're future focused, celebrating our entrepreneurial history and leveraging it for our bright future ahead. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us for this episode of It's Happening in the Haven. I'm your host, Katie Worthington Decker, president and CEO of the Greater Winter Haven Chamber of Commerce. And I'm joined today by my co-host, Rachel Lawrence, Marketing Coordinator for the Chamber. Hello there. This podcast is produced by the Winter Haven Chamber, as you may have guessed, but is made possible through a phenomenal partnership with Dolphin Image Studios. Our producer from Dolphin is Joe. Hey, Joe, tell our listeners a little bit about Dolphin Image Studios. Thanks, Katie. Dolphin Image Studios is a full production film and television studio. We offer a 3,000-square-foot soundstage, psych wall, LED wall, an eight-acre backlot, and a podcast studio. To find us, go to facebook.com backslash Dolphin Image Studios, as well as on our Instagram at Dolphin Image Studios. In today's episode, we will hear from Dr. Martha Santiago, County Commissioner representing Winter Haven, chat about leadership programs with Polk Vision, This podcast would not be possible without our chamber and investor businesses stepping up to support us. We'd like to thank one of our podcast presenting sponsors, Advent Health. Advent Health came to Polk County in September 2019 with the acquisition of Heart of Florida Regional Medical Center and Lake Wales Medical Center and has swiftly become an active and engaged community partner. Established in 1908 by pioneering Seventh-day Adventists who believed in whole person health, healing of the mind, body, and spirit. Advent Health has grown into one of the largest nonprofit hospitals in the country. In addition to the two hospitals in Polk County, Advent Health has also has CentraCare, an urgent care facility on Cypress Gardens Boulevard, and a physician's group office on First Street in downtown Winter Haven. Learn more at adventhealth.com. That's adventhealth.com. Dr. Martha Santiago was elected to the County Commission in 2018, but before her life in elected office, she served the people of Polk County as an educator, both at the K-12 level and at the college level. While not native to Polk County, she is one of our greatest supporters and cheerleaders. Welcome to the podcast, Dr. Santiago. Well, thank you for having me, Katie. It's a pleasure to be here. We are very excited to have you here. Thank you. And so, Martha, you um, didn't originally um, grow up in Polk County. You're actually from somewhere else. So where did you grow up? Well, oh, gosh, that's going back to the story of my life. (laughs) But my parents left Puerto Rico in the 1940s to go to New York. And so I was born in New York City and raised in 
New York City, in oh, the Bronx, wow. till I was 18 years old, graduated from high school there. And then my family decided to move back to Puerto Rico. You know, uh, they just wanted to be back with their family mm-hmm. members. So off we all went to Puerto Rico, and I lived there for seven years. Uh, that's where I went to the university, and mm-hmm. that's where I got married with Alex, and that's where I had my first child. Mm-hmm. And so growing up in New York was... Um, even though Spanish was my first language, because that's what I learned at home, mm-hmm. uh, but going to school, of course, then I was able to master the English. So really now, English is my first language. So you're a big city girl then. I'm a New big York city, city girl, but you got to understand, when I left the city, it was not like the way it is today. <laughs> a big city <laughs> girl true. back then is al- almost looked like uh, probably a Lakeland or something like that. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Was the, so growing up in the Bronx, was it pretty kind of neighborhood oriented like you know this these block of streets all hung out together and that sort of thing yeah it was neighborhood oriented and also because I attended a church um, all my life the same church all my life Mm -hmm. we basically just knew each other and even though we came from all parts of New York City not just the Bronx Mm -hmm. uh, those are the people that I grew up with those are my friends we're still friends Mm -hmm. after so many years I won't tell you how many years that's been (laughs) but after so many years we're still friends childhood friends Mm -hmm. definitely do you ever go back to visit the city? I do. I, have, I still have family in the mm-hmm. city, and I love the city. I don't mm-hmm. want to live there, right? <laughs> but I love going back to the city and just enjoying some of the city stuff. That's yeah. what we all say. We're like, we love going to New York City yeah. for like four days. I know. <laughs> we want to come home. And I don't want to go during the cold weather. I'm sorry. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Yeah. The first, the, I actually have frostbite from New York City. Like, seriously, still on my little toe from standing out at the Today Show. You're, 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 a, you're a Florida girl going That's to New York right. City. No wonder you got frostbite. Exactly. Definitely. Exactly. So, Dr. Santiago, how did you end up in Winter Haven? Well, that's another part of the story that I love to tell. Um, Living in in Puerto Rico and getting my education uh, degree, my bachelor's in education, I was teaching over there. I always knew I was going to come back to the States. I just didn't know where in the States. I just knew I didn't want to go back to New York City. Mm -hmm. But eventually I would come back. And um, at that time, they were advertising for bilingual teachers in Polk County. Uh, They had a large um, uh, migrant population and they needed bilingual teachers to help with the students. So I applied, my sister and I applied. My sister came six months before I did and then I applied, interviewed over the phone and was hired. Oh wow! I, I mean, just like that. So I came on uh, in a December of 1979, started working in 1980. Um, did he know a soul? in mm-hmm. Polk County, except for my sister and I. And I brought my my one-and-a-half-year-old oh, wow. daughter back then <laughs> and um, and came to, to Winter Haven. I, I came straight to Winter Haven because that's where my sister was living. That was 40 years ago. I'm still in Winter Haven oh, wow. and enjoying every bit of it. So, um, yeah, coming to teach was how I ended up here. So your career in education brought you here, and we're very thankful for that. Yes, so thank you, too. Polk County Public Schools, for, <laughs> for making that excellent hire. So how did your career evolve? and develop. So where did you start and kind of where did you end in your career in education? Well, I said I, I came to Winter Haven and I started teaching at both Brigham Elementary back then mm-hmm. and then also Dundee Elementary as the ESOL teacher. And um, two or three years into that, the principal approached me and said, hey, can you be a regular teacher? I want you to be in a regular classroom with a teacher. And, and I said, sure. And I always say, sure. <laughs> you of do. Course. Yeah. We love I that about say, you, Martha. Sure. Yeah, why not? So I started teaching third grade, then I went into fifth grade. 
And um, Katie, they asked me to go into the high school to teach Spanish, Arbonne High School, which I did. But before that, I went to my principal to let her know I was going on to the high school and I was leaving the elementary. She was the one that sat me down and said to me, Martha, have you ever thought of going into administration, mm. being an assistant principal and a principal? Honestly, I could still remember that day like if it was yesterday. Mm. And I looked at her and I laughed. <laughs> I didn't laugh at her. I laughed at what she was saying. And I right. said... Um, I, no, I'm not even thinking about that. No way, Jose. Mm-hmm. And she says, well, you know, think about it. And I said, okay. So anyway, I went on to um, teach at the high school. And at the high school, I thought, maybe she saw something in me that I didn't yes. see. Yes. So I went on ahead and decided to um, to give it a try. Went back to the elementary and uh, did all the schoolwork, coursework that I needed to do to go into administration. And in 1986, I became the assistant principal of Brigham Elementary. And then from there, my career just escalated to being principal, being school director, um, ending back in at different schools. And then I went on to Polk State College. Mm-hmm. But I, during that time, for 10 years, to, from 2000 to 2010, I served Polk State College as the Board of Trustees, oh, as a okay. Board of Trustees. Mm-hmm. So I knew about Polk State College, but never thought of one day being there. Working there. Uh, yeah, working there. And uh, they hired me as their dean and then the provost. Mm-hmm. And so I worked under Larry Durance, and unfortunately, as we know, he... Mm -hmm. Uh, passed away. And then I was on the board of trustees when we hired Eileen Holden. Mm -hmm. So um, it's it's been a very, very adventurous and very profitable uh, uh, career. I love that story just from the perspective. I feel like everyone needs that person in their life, that principal in your case or whoever it is that sees something in you that you don't see in yourself. Uh, And that says, you know, you can do this. You will be in administration. I see that for you. And uh, and I think we all tend to laugh because a lot of times we don't see it in ourselves, but other people. So we all need. So that principal, thank you very much to that principal for. uh, Yeah, absolutely. And the seed was planted. And once the seed is planted, you just never know how it germinates. And Mm -hmm. and it really did at that time for me. So I'm very grateful for that also. Trust me. Tell me a little bit about your time at Polk State College as provost and what did that job entail? That was probably the highlight of my career, if I may say so. Not only being uh, on a board of trustees for 10 years and learning that side of of Polk State College, but then moving into uh, the dean and then the provost as I retired from, uh, it it was fascinating. Uh, provost, people say, what is a provost? Mm-hmm. And I always say a provost is like a campus president. Uh, that's what it's known as. So mm-hmm. I, I, I was in charge of everything that you can think of, from faculty to uh, maintenance to budget to um, community to anything, graduation, anything that you could think of that dealt with Polk State College, I was I was involved with it. My my goal, well, let, let me put it this way. One of my highlights, because I've been here so long, was that as I walked around the campus, I would meet up with students I had in elementary school or in my middle school. <laughs> you know, who who has that opportunity? Right. Not not everybody. And, and the fact is, the bottom line is that they recognize me. I didn't recognize them because, you know, they grow up. So dealing with every aspect of, of, of 
running a college. That's basically what I did. And I answered straight to the president. At that time, it was Dr. Holden, and then eventually became Dr. Falconetti. Mm -hmm. And just absolutely loved working there. Uh, I hated to retire from there, but such as life. Did you really retire? I feel like you're still really involved. You know, the funny thing about it is that every time I talk about Polk State College, I still say we. We, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Because I still see myself as part of that college. It's, it's, It's a wonderful institution, the best thing um, that we can have for our students here. And I just, I continue to promote it. So I've, I've been blessed. I feel like Polk State has that effect on people. Like, I mean, I'd never went to Polk State, really had no connection to Polk State um, until, uh, you know, working in this job and seeing the impact that it had on this community. And even I say we, and I've never even there you worked go. There. there. you go. It just has this impact yeah, on people. It yeah. truly does, even if you never went there. So it's, well, um, it's like I said, it's the best thing for Polk County oh, and, um, and for the students in this area. So, yeah, I promote it wherever I go. And it, and, and I had a wonderful, wonderful career there. I, I mean, I couldn't ask for anything better. Yeah. So, so switching gears a little bit, um, you are an elected official now. Yes. yes. <laughs> and um, I think you had run for office before, maybe like a decade ago or, or a little bit before that. And why did you decide to run again at the time you did? And what was it like to run for a countywide office um, as the county commission is? And what lessons did you learn through that oh process? Oh, my gosh, that's a loaded question. I know. <laughs> you know, um, 2004, I decided to to run for county commission. Uh, I've I've my mother says that I came out like my grandfather. Unfortunately, my grandfather when I was died or passed away when I was 11 years old. So I really didn't get to know him that well. But my mother always told me he was just just in the middle of everything uh, related to politics in his hometown in Puerto Rico. So I guess I I came out like that. And I've always wanted to serve. Uh, our, our communities in, as an elected official. And the reason for that is when you get to that point, there's so much more than you can do. Mm-hmm. And the best way to compare this, and I, I, I go back to education because that's that's basically what I have. When you're a teacher, you have um, uh, 30 students or whatever, however many students you have. And those are the ones that you can impact and influence. Um, but when you go into administration, now you 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 impact not only uh, the students, 600 students or more, you impact the faculty, you impact the, the community, you impact parents. So it, it becomes a larger, mm-hmm. a larger scale. And, and so I knew that I always wanted to impact uh, the community that I live in in a larger scale. Well, in 2004, I ran and I, I didn't win. I lost my primary by, by just a few votes. <laughs> <laughs> Which wow. is why it's important to vote, people. Because it literally comes down to a few votes. That comes know? from a that comes from a chamber president. She understands the value of it. <laughs> but um here his this is what I always say. I lost the running for county commissioner, but but um or I, I say I didn't win the race, but I didn't lose. Mm-hmm. Because the next day after all of that happened, and of course you go through your emotions and things like that, I just said, here I go, back to work again, and working in my community and making it making it a better place. And that's and that's just basically what I did. So why eleven years later, it's it's all about timing. Mm-hmm. It's all about timing. And at that particular time, the timing wasn't wasn't good. Four years went by, and then Todd Dansler, as you know, mm-hmm. uh, ran for a county commission. He served eight years, so the timing wasn't right. Um, then when Todd uh, uh, 
when his time was up, when he what what termed is it? out, Ch- termed out. Thank mm-hmm. you. Then I I thought you know why not mm-hmm. and and let me see you know what I do mm-hmm. and um, because it's it, you know once you have a desire to do something it never goes away it keeps going and it keeps going and it keeps going. So anyway, I decided to do it, and I tell you what, it was it was a lot of work, yeah. Katie. <laughs> and for our listeners, they might not realize even though you represent a district within the county you are every person in polk county votes on your race everybody so you're not just having to convince the people in this quadrant of winter haven to vote for you you're having to convince all of the eligible voters in winter in in polk county to vote for you absolutely so in this 2000 square mile county absolutely that we call home and and it was it was a lot of work i learned a lot of things um uh, it was night and day, uh, a, a huge learning curve as far as staying up to breast. And let me tell you something. I was pretty much involved and engaged in our county. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a huge county, and there's so, so much to learn. Um, met some wonderful, wonderful, wonderful people that otherwise I would not have had the opportunity to meet. Um, I, was a, I had great support, a great team. I mean... Wow. Yes, it was a lot of work. And of course, if you want to do something, you better know you're going to have to work hard. Go all in. Right. And you went all in. I went. I went. I jumped in from head to toe and uh, no regrets about it and things like that. Mm -hmm. And it and it paid off. But it paid off because the people voted for me, not not necessarily because I I. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily because of me, but because the people saw in me what they wanted to see as an elected official. Right. And it, it is a lot of hard work to get your message in front of people. Yes. Um, and make sure that they understand why you're running and, and the, the, the purpose-driven Absolutely. life that you see coming from that. Absolutely. Now that you're on the county commission, is it different than what you imagined it would be? And how would you define what role the commission plays in the overall picture of county government? No, it's not different from what I expect it to be. And let me tell you why. Uh, throughout my career, I have worked in, in, uh, in doing what I'm doing right now and working with people and in, in making tough decisions and listening to people and, and helping people out and things like that. So that's basically what I do as a, as a commissioner. Uh, we make some really, really uh, tough decisions. But before I do that, I, I make sure that I listen to everything that I, I need to research uh, the topics before I make that decision. So I can say that my career in administration and as a leader has prepared me mm-hmm. for that. Um, but I'll tell you what has been different is the magnitude of it. I am not going to say that it's, you know, it's not, it's not centralized in one particular thing. It is huge, lots of components. And to be able to um, master that and, and work through that has been very um, challenging. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, for example, here's one thing that uh, I've never dealt with before is the land issues. Land use, um, and and land use issues, and, yeah, mm-hmm. and and having to decide and and learn about that that has just not been in my scope of 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 work that I've done. So needless to say, I've had to go out and research and learn and talk to people. Mm-hmm. Tell me about this that right. I I don't know about. So those are the kind of things that definitely have have made a change and and have her learn. But as far as dealing with the public, dealing with people, as far as 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 making decisions 
questions, as researching, as as listening, uh, all that has been um, a product of all my positions that I've held before. So um, it's made it a little bit easier than that. Well, and to make you feel better, I was at a meeting uh, a couple weeks ago in Glades County, and we were reviewing the land use um uh, documents or, or um, uh, philosophies of the nine counties that are looking at this potential toll road. And out of all of those nine counties, Polk County had the most, what they called sophisticated, I think some people might call it complicated, <laughs> but um, in terms of land use, I mean, yes. Polk County has really tried to identify you know, this area makes sense for agriculture and then the different classifications of agriculture because right, it's not right. just ag, you know, so they so so don't feel bad. It's it's a very complicated. Oh. That's why there's land use attorneys that do this. For Absolutely. A living. <laughs> and 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 what I say is just a matter of that. Those are the kind of things that I've had to um Learn about. Right. You know, and that's the learning curve uh, and that, that I'm is, talking about. Would you, you say know? 85% of what, you know, you're about? I mean, besides budget, which is obviously very important. Right, that's right. It's, That's one of the only things you absolutely have to do every year is make yeah. sure that county budget. Right. Um, but so much of what happens at commissions, whether it's city or county, is about land use and how people can either develop their land or get special use permits for their land or whatever it might be. And it's never an easy and never yeah. an easy thing right. uh, to right. decide on and to, to do. So, yes, definitely. It's 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 challenging. Yeah. So from um, kind of a commission's perspective, and this is something I've always wondered about at the county level. So does the commission kind of set a primary goal or focus for their years, or is it more of a meeting-by-meeting meeting dynamic? No, it's never a meeting-by-meeting meeting dynamic, uh, and I'm glad it's not because I'm I'm a person that believes in, in being strategic mm -hmm. in, in what we do. We have every year, in fact, we just had our um, retreat, and in the retreat is where we actually sit down and look at some of the goals and and things that we want to accomplish, the budget, we listen to different um, departments mm -hmm. to find out what are their needs. And, and so we have good conversation of what is taking place out there and how we can better serve our community. From there, we come out with some goals that um, are, are doable based on our, um, based on our um, budget. Right. Because the budget drives, like any organization, institution, mm -hmm. the budget drives everything. Mm -hmm. So. Absolutely. Yeah. And what are, would you say, either from a staff level or from a commission level, what are, would you say are the top three goals for the, the county, if you can even narrow it down to that? Well, it, it, it's, okay, so let, let me just say that right now our, our focus is on the growth. Mm -hmm. as, as, every, as you've heard everybody say, especially in the Northeast area, which is the area that I represent, mm -hmm. or I should say I live in and represent, even though we're all countywide. And um, the growth is, is, is puts a lot of demand on services mm -hmm. and transportations and roads and, and things like that. So definitely that's just something that, that we have to look at. Uh, one of the things that we're doing, we've already had four projects and when I talk about four, you say only four? Well, those four projects are approximately $400 million. <laughs> I mean, it's amazing when we look at, at how much um, all of this costs. Katie, one mile of road, oh, one mile of sidewalk. Oh, it's just, Katie, I it's, could it's, not believe it. I, I can't believe it either. When we look at, when we look at the budget and, and we, when we deal with the budget, we deal with $430 million. You're thinking, wow, that's a lot of money. And you pay taxes. I pay taxes. Mm -hmm. We all pay taxes. And, and we're saying, that's a lot of money. That should take us far. 
It doesn't. Mm -hmm. It really doesn't. I think that's probably so frustrating because there's so many needs. So anyway, looking at the growth and knowing what that's how that's going to impact uh, the county, we're looking at roads, how to improve roads, how to expand roads, how to make it easier for people to go from one uh, point A to point B mm-hmm. uh, with that. Uh, another thing that we're looking at is is uh, safety. Safety is, is uh, utmost importance. Um, fire rescue services is really, really important. And of course, again, because of the growth, that means that we need more fire trucks. We need more firemen. We need more, 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 right. and that's that's very costly. Um, and then also, you know, policemen and the training centers for them. And you know, there was a survey that was done, and I don't remember exactly the year, but there was a survey done to uh, our community. What was the most important thing for the people here? And they said safety, safety. And uh, so we got to put our money. Where, where the most need is, right. and that's in safety. Right. So we're looking at, at uh, you know, the growth, um, the, the safety, the fire rescue, the safety, the police, sheriff's department. Uh, those are probably some of our very top ones. Absolutely. How do you think we can get more people engaged in or interested in public service? Well, um, I, I, I guess I'm just going to use my personal uh, experience with that, if that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I, like I said, I, I wanted to be involved, and, and I had a innate desire to, to be involved in politics and things like that. I guess timing was, like I said before, is everything. But I also knew that I needed to be uh, more knowledgeable about what goes on in Polk County. So uh, getting involved in your local um, chamber, Katie, that's a plug for you. (laughs) Well, thank you. Uh, Getting involved in your chamber, getting involved in countywide organizations are real important. Like I got involved with the United Way, which gave me a total different perspective Mm -hmm. of things. Polk Vision, oh my gosh, you can't ask for something better. And I'm not... not, giving a, a plus for anybody here in particular. I'm just saying what I did right. and how these organizations helped me to see the broader picture of, of Polk County. Um, so getting involved in these kind of organizations. Also, the county has different advisory uh, committees mm-hmm. that um, we as county commissioners can appoint people. Uh, and and just knowing that somebody's interested in it when the time comes, because sometimes they're appointed for three years, when the time comes, then I have a cadre of or a list of people that are interested in this. And I can give different people um, opportunities mm-hmm. because we need, we need the diversity in, um, in these different organizations. So, you know, just getting involved and, and getting to know people so that people can see you for who you really are, right? And and not of you, but see you uh, for that. So I, you know, I think that's probably what I would suggest. And and there's no age to do this, right? Uh, you know, you could start as young as you want to. I've, I I used to tell Polk State college students this all the time: get involved, go out there, be start small if you don't you know want to start being the coach for your for your uh, baseball local baseball or softball mm-hmm. team or whatever and then keep gradually you know growing in that area and that's that's the best way to know uh, about your community and to know the needs of your community and then also to see how you can best serve those needs right. so well and i think that's a great story to tell because where you know from someone in my role that has to work with a lot of elected officials 
you can tell the elected officials that have spent uh, time, really their life, in your case, dedicated to the organizations in in Polk County. So um, I'll give a plug for Polk Christian. Um, you know, they're looking to deal with the, the community's most, quote, wicked problems. What are those opportunities? We have the biggest areas to grow. Um, or the United Way that's dealing with income, family, and health across the entire spectrum. And there are numerous organizations that oh, falls over. Early Learning Coalition, et yes. cetera, et cetera. Yes. So many organizations that are dealing with education and health and poverty um, and the path to prosperity and all those sorts of things. And so as an elected official, if you are running for office and you are already aware of what those most challenging opportunities, I'll call them, for our community are, then you are already well down the path of understanding what you need to do and what your purpose is as an elected official. Because there's a lot of minutiae, as you said. There's a lot of uh, paperwork and land use yes. cases and ordinances yes. and all yes. of this. But at the end of the day, what you're doing is you are laying a foundation for the prosperity in your community. And and you're absolutely right. I could not, could not ask for a better foundation than what I had going into this position. But I'm going to tell you something, and I know that... Um, you know, we, we, we look at government to help out a lot in our, in our communities. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I have just been amazed, Katie, at, as I travel throughout Polk County and I speak at different um, uh, with our organizations and just meetings and things like that, at the number of people that pitch in mm-hmm. to work and help our community one way or the other, it is. It's amazing. It, it uh, almost makes me want to cry every time I see them. You know, they don't wait for the government to say, we're going to do this. They right around, you know, private, public, come together to solve the needs of, of our community. That, to me, is so exciting. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and so, you know, kudos to, to Polk County and its, its community members for for taking on that, that role. Absolutely. You know, Polk County is routinely rated as one of the most philanthropic counties yes. in the country. Yes. Um, and it's not just about that, but it's how to find a solution. Like you said, government can only do so much. Yes. In fact, a lot of people don't think government should be doing as much as government is. Um, but, but... I won't if, answer that. Yeah, but no, and no, I, you know, but if you take a public sector, um, or pardon me, a private sector business, combine that with a nonprofit um, oh private sector, and then they go to the government with solutions. Um, it's it is amazing what can happen in this community, and we're seeing it happen right now with affordable housing and um, poverty and things of that nature. And so, it really is important for all of us, whether we're in elected uh, position, whether we work for the government, or whether we are just everyday folks living our everyday lives, sure, um, to be engaged and to understand what those issues are affecting Absolutely. our community. So, but you can only be as engaged in that as you are engaged in the community and learning about those kind of things. Absolutely. Well, we are very blessed to have you as our representation uh, over here in Winter Haven and want to thank you for taking the time and being a guest on our podcast today. Thank you. I appreciate it. Anytime. Thank you. Well, almost anyway. This podcast is made possible through the generous support of local businesses in the Winter Haven community, including our presenting sponsor, Fred Simons Insurance Agency. That's right. There's a new farmer's insurance agent in your neighborhood. Meet Fred Simons with the Fred Simons Insurance Agency located at 325 Avenue C Southwest, Winter Haven, Florida. 
As the road you travel changes, so can your insurance needs. Give Fred Simons a call today at 863-259-1826 so he can help you as you assess whether you're ready for the journey ahead. That's Farmers Insurance Agent Fred Simons at 863-259-1826. We know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Underwritten by Farmers, Truck Fire Insurance Exchanges, and Affiliates. Products not available in every state. I can personally attest to the life-changing influence of a community leadership program. I wouldn't be in the job I'm in today if it had not been for a boss in my mid-20s who believed that understanding and becoming connected to your community was important, not just for my own personal and professional development, but also for the profit and bottom line of their business. Today, we have with us Talitha Bean, Program Director for the Leadership Polk Program at Polk Vision, as well as Kim Long, Executive Director of Polk Vision, and Oratai Northern, Leadership Polk Alumnus, and Vice President of, very long title, Workforce Education and Economic Development at our beloved Polk State College. Welcome to the podcast, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. So, Kim, I'll start with you. Can you tell us a little bit about the history of the Leadership Polk Program and how it got started? The Leadership Polk uh, program actually stems from the visioning process that we went through 15 years ago in Polk County. Um, it was found to be uh, one of the number one things that the business and community leaders uh, mentioned could bring the communities together from east, west, north, and south with 17 municipalities, one county government, a huge school district. Uh, there were many points of intersection that could be found by developing a, a countywide leadership program that could not be found through our local municipal programs. A lot of people may not know exactly what to expect when they go through the program. And so, Talitha, this is actually um, your first year as the program yes. uh, director, um, and but also kind of your first time experiencing yeah. uh, the whole process of Leadership Polk. So tell me a little bit about your impressions of the program and what it, what can someone expect if they go through the program? So really, the... It's unlike anything else in the fact that it's uh, the only countywide program, that it brings 17 municipalities across our county together. You know, um, unlike any other program where you focus on your municipality, this really opens you to have a wider, much broader spectrum of what's going on across. And how, uh, really, it's all integrated in some, you know, there are a lot of more intersections than you realize. Um, and it's not just in county government. You know, it's across the board. It's really, you see it in business and economic development. Um, there's been a tremendous impact in our county because they've been able to gather together and a lot of that has been facilitated for them going through the leadership program. Mm -hmm. How many years has the leadership program been going on now? We're in class 13 right now. Nominations for class 14 are rapidly approaching. Okay and so you know from so I've had the privilege of both going through the class in class six, best class ever, and <laughs> I love it. and then I'm chairing class nine, almost the best class ever, just ever so slightly. Um, but um, one thing that um, I found very valuable about the program, and, and uh, Talitha, maybe you can speak to this, was um, you got to see different elements of each community. And it's not so 17 municipalities, you spend a little bit of time in pretty much everyone, or at least um, hear from people from every single yes. municipality as well as the county. 
and you're addressing a lot of different topics. So, you know, Polk Vision has these kind of foundational pillars. Um, and not every day is all hearing about the sunshine and fairy tales of every no. community. It's about looking at both the opportunities um, and the challenges. However, those are defined by the different different areas. So what kind of topics can the participants in this program expect to learn about as they go from location to location? You know, it's such a wide variety. I mean, it can go anywhere from the, the wide spectrum we have in education, uh, whether that be elementary all the way through post-secondary, just the huge spectrum of what we do um, with workforce readiness and career academies and all sorts of things across an education. Infrastructure, there's a lot of, there's just a lot of material right there in infrastructure in itself, of itself. So just seeing what people are doing, bringing innovation to our our county you know we've seen uh, um, different partners that have come aboard and explained what they're doing uh, in roadside uh, development and all sorts of things that have just kind of they've given insight into very specific parts of the business development that maybe people who would never have had an opportunity even reading an article to maybe understand the depth and breadth of what goes on behind and bringing those things into our county. So um, there's a lot of things. Quality of life is another really big one that we can focus on and you'll see across the board. Uh, and that involves our nonprofit sectors and how they intersect with businesses and what they're doing to address the the issues that are really do pertain to um us as a whole and as a community what are we doing with the indigent what are we doing with the children who are homeless or people who don't have affordable housing um what can we what part can we play in that as leaders in our community and not just as leaders in our community but in roles that we serve in our organizations those organizations are pillars in what they pioneering here and so mm -hmm. how can they be a part of the solution uh, in that so we really make sure that it's not just about um bringing them together maybe for their bottom line but it's also the broader spectrum of what it can be in our community across the board so so, and beyond the variety of topics that you're going to learn about, there's also a wide variety of people that yes. go through the program from um, very diverse backgrounds, geographic locations, job titles. So, Ortai, uh, you know, going through the program, um, what did you feel your greatest takeaways were as a participant, but also how did it broaden your network in the community? So I was in class 12, best class ever. I would challenge you, Katie. <laughs> the fisticuffs are about to start in here. <laughs> it's already started. Um, and this is going to sound a little bit corny, but I, at the very least, came away with like 31 new best friends. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And um, I got an opportunity to meet folks in different industry sectors, um, different positions, and um, different places around the county to learn about what they did and how they engaged the community and how they make Polk County a better place. And so collectively, we get to discover or rediscover um, places and things that we already, maybe we knew about or maybe we didn't. So, mm -hmm. for example, when we visited um, Kegel, the, um, the, the bowling. bowling. Oh, my oh, gosh. No one knows that's there. But yeah, it and is now amazing. every time I pass it, I was like, that place is so cool. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, to go in a place like Hegel and see, like, this crazy bowling alley to to help train, like, professional bowlers. Right. Like, who knew? Who, who knew the knew? technology that they're developing and how they hone that craft? And um, and that is in Lake Wales, correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. So, and, and that is something that, you know, if you're a, a Lakelander um, who may not 
go to Lake Wales very often, or even if you're in Lake Wales and you may not know (laughs) that that exists. And I think that's what's most surprising to people that go through the program. They just don't know about all these little hidden gems. Right. I also felt that going through the program and getting to see different places, I also felt kind of VIP. Mm -hmm. And so also in Lake Wales. You are VIP (laughs) or a (laughs) tie. When we got a chance to... um, to walk around the Legoland, how do they like? How do they make the the models? Big models? Yeah, like we all felt super special. Mm-hmm. Like we got like backstage passes to the super secret place, <laughs> um, and could just, it like, is. They don't let a lot of people in there, and yeah. we really appreciate that, yeah. right? Yeah. So I think you know, insofar as the takeaway from the program, um, getting to see places that we otherwise probably would not have access to Mm -hmm. um, and getting to experience that with a new team. I just, I really appreciate that. Absolutely. And you know, I I say this to a lot of people and they don't, I don't know if everybody believes me, but it is a hundred percent true. There is not a week that goes by that I don't tap into someone for information or because my job is to be as nosy as I possibly can be on what's going on in the community that I do not call someone and say that from either class six or class nine or someone that I've met through the alumni program um, that allows me to broaden my horizons or get quicker access to information or to more fully understand something that's going on in the community. And so those connections and those connections don't just stop with the 30 to 35 people that you might meet in the program. They continue through the alumni group. And so Orta, I don't know if you can speak to the kind of the alumni and, and what, how the program doesn't just stop when you graduate. It absolutely doesn't stop. I I think that the networking possibilities, just like you said, are endless. Mm -hmm. And so, um, and I'll I'll tell kind of a corny story. I was at the um, Catapult Awards in Lakeland, Mm -hmm. maybe a month ago or some odd. And so there was like the reception before the actual sit down. And, you know, I went in just, you know, my usual. And I'm generally a social butterfly, Mm -hmm. you know, but sometimes I kind of walk in like, who do I know? Who do I know? And then I immediately I saw Joel Ivy, mm-hmm. who was in my class, and I just felt like I felt much better. Right. About being right. There, you know, right. I, like I saw a teammate, you know, mm-hmm. and then while we were there, you know, he introduced me to some other um, to some other folks, you know, either alumni or not. As right. Were. Right. So um, but similar to what you said, uh, yes, I would say definitely on, at least on a weekly basis. Um, am I calling somebody or I or I run into somebody or um there are alumni who serve on the talent pipeline team with me mm-hmm. um, from my from my uh, from my class as well. So yeah, and it's that's extraordinary. That, that's a great segue to my next question to Kim, which is beyond those connections and and the um, kind of lifelong friendships, which is a hundred percent true. And and does it does sound corny? Maybe sounds corny to our <laughs> listeners, but it's true. It, it is a, you get get a good kumbaya one polk feeling um, <laughs> from this program. Um, but Kim, it also is is a call to action. So the people that go through the Leadership Polk program um, are people that want to contribute to the greater good of Polk County and to the life, you know, the the ongoing success of our community. So what is that call to action at the end of the program and how they get more deeply involved in Polk Vision? Well, I just need to take a pause here. First of all, class one was the best class ever. (laughs) So I, I just needed, uh, I needed to get that out there. Yeah. Number one, first class. Hands, just because you were the first class. Hands selected. <laughs> uh, but uh, to your point, Katie, 
what is the point of Leadership Polk? Right. And Leadership Polk is not meant to grow leaders, but because, because by the time they get to the Leadership Polk um, application process, which is a competitive application, mm-hmm. they're already serving in some demonstrated capacity in their own uh, neighborhood or hometown or through their work. Uh, Otherwise, they wouldn't be eligible for the Leadership Polk program. What we do, though, is we challenge them to take a broader view and to carry the information that they've learned from this broad view of the county Mm -hmm. forward, either in their work locally or, better yet, to become engaged on a Polk Vision team, of which we have numerous teams doing great work addressing many things in the county. And that's the point. The point is to be an engaged citizen. Mm -hmm. And our role is to better inform them and to keep that information in front of them. And so we as um, an organization and the broader community of Polk can benefit from their wisdom and their demonstrated engagement. That's really what it's about. And along the way, they have a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And along the way, they build lasting and sustainable relationships. And she mentioned Joel Ivey just a second ago. I don't know that Oratai would have had a reason to get to know the lead executive at Lakeland Electric. Right, exactly. Why, why would they be in the same room if right. it were not for this opportunity? And yet, he was the one pal she gravitated to when right. she was at a, a function recently, a business function recently. Exactly. So um, we mentioned earlier about local leadership programs. So Leadership Polk really is the kind of 2.0 uh, version for a lot of people to go through the leadership program. Um, and of course, for anyone that has been listening to a podcast, you hear us talk about Leadership Winterhaven quite a bit because a lot of leaders in the community or people doing really cool stuff in the community have gone through that program. So um, there are local community leadership programs, uh, Winter Haven, Lakeland, Haines City, Lake Wales. Um, They're kind of dotted throughout uh, the community. And those programs are really focused on uh, the specific of that municipality or greater kind of area surrounding that municipality. So for example, in Leadership Winter Haven, you will do a deep dive on a subject each day. So let's say it's city government day or county government day um, or arts and culture, health and technology. So they're very topical um, those days uh, go. And one thing that I encourage our classes to is um, once they graduate from Leadership Winter Haven, that's just the beginning. So now they have become the ambassadors for our community. Um, they understand our our greatest successes. They understand our greatest challenges. Now it's time for them to go through the Leadership Polk program to understand how that fits into the context of the greater county and, frankly, how they can advocate for yeah. the Winter Haven community within that program because um, there is no need to reinvent the wheel. And, and collaboration in our county – uh, is so much stronger than it was. And, and and probably a lot of that lends to the development of Polk Vision as an organization many, many years ago um, and coming together for that that vision, that coalesced vision uh, of what our, our community needs. But um, so uh, to our listeners that are really interested, obviously you're listening to this podcast, so you're very interested in the community. As you want to learn more about the community, I highly encourage you to get information on the Leadership Winter Haven program. And if you've already gone through the Leadership Winter Haven program, 
start to take a look at Leadership Polk. And we really encourage people to, you know, maybe wait a year before they go through. That's not a requirement. But one of the things that I love, having chaired class six, and then, uh, or pardon me, gone through class six and then chaired class nine, is in that three-year time frame, we, the county evolved, things that we saw evolved. Yeah. So you had an opportunity to, you know, maybe learn about an upcoming development, but three years later, you actually visited that upcoming development. You heard about the jobs that it created. You kind of got to see all that. So um, there, there is a lot to be said if you say, oh, well, I already went through, you know, Leadership Lakeland. I don't need to go through Leadership Polk. It's a whole other world is a whole other context and you really get to take that knowledge that you learned through your local program and reinvest it and then start to teach other people about what you learned in that program yeah i mean you could really think of it almost as a graduate you know you this this is like your bachelor's when you go through your municipality you know and that's really where you get to know the subject just like you said you get to know winter haven you know, from in depth. But then when you come to Leadership Polk, it's really the graduate side of that. Mm -hmm. And then that's probably the most fun thing if you think about on class days is those folks who are from that area, man, when when we're in Winter Haven that day, they are all about showing off and just diving in because they know it and they own it Mm -hmm. and they love it. And so it's just the best thing when they get to kind of show their classmates like this is my home digs, this is what we're doing. And I love how this plugs in. And then it really opens up opportunities for them to talk about things like, um, you know, smart communities. What mm-hmm. What are you doing in your community? This is what we're doing. I mean, and whatever their love is and their passion, it really brings them together. And even it, it just really across the board links arms. Where you, again, you would never have an opportunity to have done that before, or a reason to a right. reason. Really. Right. Exactly. Yeah. The best practice sharing is by yeah. far uh, one of the greatest benefits. And uh, by going out into the smaller municipalities mm-hmm. with different tax bases and different budgets and different businesses. Addressing the digital divide through our smart communities team manifests itself much differently in uh, frostproof than it would manifest itself in the city of Lakeland or the city of Winter Haven, Mm -hmm. Um, up in the Northeast, for example. You know, uh, that's why it's really important. It's, It's a humbling experience to get outside your your comfort your zone. universe yeah, right absolutely. it's a humbling experience to realize that every community has a sense of place every community in Polk County has its own culture and while they want to take that next step into the future they do want to uh, take advantage of all the technology and all the resources and all the growth that's available but they also want to hang on to their sense of place right their town square their home center their central park um, and it really provides an opportunity for those that otherwise might never um, look through that lens Correct. when we visit those communities it provides uh, and then there is the community of Polk and I think we feel as one when we go through this program right yeah there the kind of 10 years ago even 15 years ago when I started to get involved in community conversation um, we are we were very self-deprecating on ourselves and maybe that was a self-defense mechanism we kind of ma- made fun of ourselves a little bit you know oh, we're just Polk County um, which is Polk there's an L in there I'll always <laughs> continue to fight for people to pronounce the L don't drop the L but um, 
you know, and I feel like programs like your local leadership program or um, certainly uh, Polk Vision's leadership Polk program, they've started to eradicate that. It's not, um, well, I'm, I'm just from Polk County or Polk County or, you know, there's not, it's, well, did you know everything that's going on in this community? Did you know that in Frostproof, a new course deal is building this massive new facility and they are hiring a ton of people and a lot of them are living in Lake Wales and Winter Haven. And I mean, you, you just, you find yourself never without a lack of something to share at a party, a cocktail party. Those those networking conversations become a lot easier because you're so excited about what you're seeing and what's developing. And whether that's Prime Air in Lakeland or Nucor in Frostproof or name it, you name it, it's happening everywhere. And so um, you really, through the Leadership Polk Program and through all of the local leadership programs, are creating this just next generation of ambassadors and advocates for the entire Polk County community. So, so uh, Kim, you mentioned, um, and Talitha, you mentioned that the application process is coming up soon for Leadership Polk. So if someone wants to apply for Leadership Polk, how do they do so? Well, uh, I'd first tell them to consider going through their local program first. Absolutely. Um, Winterhavenchamber.com yep. for the Leadership Winterhaven program. <laughs> yes. And we really do encourage it. And we know that there's exceptions to it. We know there's folks like in Frostproof or Fort Meade who never would have an opportunity like mm-hmm. that. But we really try and uh, advocate that they get to know who our alumni are. Mm-hmm. Our alumni are rich and robust. Um, and they're very, uh, the, the people that are at that table are incredible individuals. Mm-hmm. So if you know who they are by looking at our website, that's a great way to start start and um, have them recommend you and, and nominate you. Our nomination period begins April 1st. Mm-hmm. So um, we do it for a month and we nominate. You can self-nominate. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, again, I highly recommend going through your, your chamber and doing that. So Bartow mm-hmm. has a, has their own one as well as Winterhaven and Lakeland and um, uh, Lake Wales and Haines City, so mm-hmm. the Northeast Polk. So those are the um, the primary ones that you would go through. And you can self-nominate. Know that we um, we accept applications all the way through the month of April, and then we begin our process of going through all those applications. As we have a committee that we stick mm-hmm. put together um, from across the board, mm-hmm. that come to it, chambers are involved in it. It's uh, all sorts of leadership. So we make sure that we consider all the geographic, the economic. We make sure that there's a great diversity at the table. Right. The idea is we want do not want it to all look and taste and, and feel the same way. Right. There has to be this intersection where you're going to get to know somebody on the other side and it really makes for great conversation you cannot learn if you don't have that if you do not have that diversity at the table so it's important yeah and having the support of your employer is obviously yes. very important if Absolutely. you're if you're the, the the top dog um you know not as necessary but if you are interested in going through the program um, having your employer's commitment because it is uh, roughly one day a month yes. um, through the program and, and very similar for the Leadership Winter Haven program. So so making sure that uh, they're also committed uh, to the time because it is a time commitment. And, and just like Leadership Winter Haven, Leadership Polk's the same way. In order to graduate, you can only miss one class. That's right. um, you can't be on your cell phone all day long, That's which, right. you know, oh, I know some of us start to get the shakes <laughs> when we think about that. Um, but it's doable. None of us are too important. You cannot, uh, cannot be off your cell phone and and that sort of thing. So, um, you know, I want to thank you all for for coming in today and talking about the Leadership Polk Program. Um, It is just by far, I think, one of the most wonderful programs um, that we have in this community um, and uh, highly encourage you all to get involved. So is there anything else you want our listeners to know? Apply. Apply. Don't (laughs) be shy to apply. You never know. We've had several folks, you know, apply um, again and again. You know, our list grows. So we want to make sure that you don't ever stop just because you never heard from us 
once one doesn't mean you shouldn't apply right. again. Just because you didn't get in one year doesn't exactly. mean you won't get in the right. next when there's only a limited number of spots. That's yeah. Exactly yeah, I would right. say, you know, there is there is a limited number uh, and it is a competitive application process. Mm-hmm. And it may not be that you didn't uh, present well in your application. It could be a matter of diversity mm-hmm. and availability because we do like to keep uh Paramount to the success of the program is our intentional diversity. Exactly. Yeah. Geographic, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. So. I just want to add a testimony. Yeah. So uh, while I was in Leadership Polk, um, Katie, you uh, you helped secure seats at the groundbreaking for the Advent Health Fieldhouse and Conference Center. Yes. And so, and then year later, year plus later, um, I went to the to the grand opening. Mm-hmm. So it was like, it was really cool to see that come full circle. Yeah, so, so quickly too. <laughs> yes, yes, so quickly. So yeah. it was a great um, opportunity. That and you were a piece of history. Really lucky. That day, yeah, that yeah. day, that first little right. tip of dirt moved, you yeah. were a piece of Winter Haven history with that. So, yeah. well, that's great. So lady, thank you so much for being a guest on our podcast thank today. You. Thank, thank you. Thank you. podcast would not be possible without our chamber investor businesses stepping up to support us. We'd like to thank one of our podcast presenting sponsors, Meeks Real Estate. Winter Haven was rated by Realtor.com as our number one hottest real estate market. Do you need help navigating your home search? Meeks Real Estate LLC is owned and operated by broker Realtor, Carla Meeks. Carla has over 14 years of experience in residential and commercial real estate, as well as her GRI designation. Her office is located at 1510 North Broadway Avenue in Bartow. But Carla is actively involved in all of Polk County. Call or text Carla at any time. She would love to help you buy, sell, build, and invest in Central Florida. 863-604-9287 or visit CarlaMeeksRealtor.com. That's C-A-R-L-A-M-E-E-K-S Realtor.com. Well, that's it for another episode of It's Happening in the Haven. We'd like to thank our guests for today's podcast, Dr. Martha Santiago, County Commissioner, Talitha Bean, Oratai Northern, and Kim Long with Polk Vision Leadership Polk Program. Be sure to tune in every week to It's Happening in the Haven, available on all of your favorite podcasting platforms. To learn more about Winter Haven and the Chamber of Commerce, visit winterhavenchamber.com or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We hope you learned a little bit about our community today and even more about the people who are shaping its future. After all, no true community exists without the people who form it. Winter Haven. Some call it a haven. We call it home.